You're listening to Faith at Work, brought to you by AirAccountant.io, outsourced controller and bookkeeping services. Now to our host, Carl Grant. Welcome to Faith at Work. I'm Carl Grant here with Pete Snyder, CEO of Disruptor Capital. Pete, thanks for joining us today. Hey, Carl. Great to be here. Uh, psyched to be talking to you and your audience and uh, honored honored to be a guest. So, Pete, tell, tell me what Disruptor Capital does. Sure. We are an angel capital company, meaning we intend to invest in startup companies, helping entrepreneurs get their ideas out there in the marketplace and grow companies. All right. So, I've had one other angel investor on, and this is on a Christian radio station. So I want to, just to be clear, this is not an angel as as we would think about it from the Bible. Hey, you, if, if something comes down from heaven and has <laughs> wings, I will invest. That okay. is a guarantee. But no, this is, uh, this is us really betting on entrepreneurs, helping to grow those companies. And, you know, every once in a while, we'll have something of faith come through. And we certainly take a look at that, but it tends to be a secular business. All right. So now, this whole world of angel investing is a mystery, mystery to a lot of the listeners out there. How does one become an angel investor? Well, I, I became an angel investor because I was an entrepreneur and I've been a serial entrepreneur throughout my life. And when I sold my latest company, uh, I knew I didn't have it in me right away to get back at it and start a company on day one afterwards. And I thought, you know, what better way to be exposed to entrepreneurial circles and be seeing ideas. And if you, you know, for your audience, my day-to-day life is kind of like Shark Tank, sometimes a little less exciting, sometimes more exciting, uh, but that's really what we do. So tell us a little bit about that company, and, and did you yourself have to raise angel capital when you started it? Well, at first I used my own capital. Uh, and we're investing in, in various portfolio companies. Then after a little while, we raised a fund. So I raised one fund. And then a couple of years later, I raised a second fund. I mean, the, the company that made you this money that you're now investing, uh, what kind of company was that? Sure. Uh, it was a company called New Media Strategies. Uh, and I started in 1999, and we were the first social media marketing company in the country. Okay. And then and then you sold it? And sold it for a lot of money, I take it. We did all right. We did, we did well. Ended up selling it uh, in 2007 to a company called Meredith. And, you know, at the time, we actually had an investment banking firm working for us because we wanted to make acquisitions. And we were fortunate enough to have a growing company. And we were ahead of the curve in 1999 on social. But when the rest of the world caught up with us, it was a red-hot industry, and I wanted to make some acquisitions of our own. We were growing organically at a really great clip, but I saw some things in the marketplace that I thought, gee whiz, if we can just bolt that on, would be even bigger and more profitable. And so I hired an investment banking firm, and they looked out in the marketplace for three months, and they came back to me and said, Pete, there's nothing that exists out there that you couldn't do just on your own with six months. You all have the capital, you have the expertise, and you'd be wasting your money if you bought those companies. But you all are a hot property, and we would like to introduce you to a handful of folks. I didn't think I wanted to sell my company at the time, and fast forward six months later, we're in the middle of a process and meeting all sorts of different folks, and a uh, company called Meredith from Des Moines, Iowa, largely a publisher of women's magazines, magazines that I'd heard of, my mom read, but I never did, Better Homes and Gardens, Family Circle, they also have about 20 different television affiliates across the, the country. 
And they wanted to get smart on digital. So they went on a massive acquisition spree in the digital world. Uh, I almost didn't take the meeting because we had all the big players in the advertising and marketing industry wanting to visit with us. And I said, what's this, you know, publisher of women magazines from Des Moines, Iowa want with us? And these folks assured me to take the meeting. I ended up being blown away. And Meredith, over the past 10 years, has grown into one of the largest media companies in America. They bought Time Inc. a couple of years back, and they were real world beaters. And it was just a great place and great folks to sell to. Now, when you invest, do you look for media-type companies as well? I tend to stick to my knitting, Carl. As you know, there are a lot of investors out there. I don't pretend to be the smartest. Uh, I know my little niche of digital media fairly well and tend to stick to that. Okay. And now, Somewhere along the way, I, I knew you as a business person, um, uh, you wrote me a note and you mentioned something about your faith in, in that note, which I don't get those every day and I was impressed to get that. So tell me a little bit about your faith and how you came to believe. Sure. Well, you know, it's, it's uh, my journey is, has been very important to me throughout my life. And uh, I'd like to say that I came to faith on my own, but I'd be lying because it's, you know, God who calls all of us. Now, not call you on your cell phone like a Drake song. Uh, I didn't have an epiphany in the middle of the night, but there's just no better explanation on how God played a central role and continues to in my life than he called me. Um, my mom uh, grew up Presbyterian. Like many baby boomers, especially from the East Coast, you know, religion and faith was kind of thrust on her uh, by her parents. So when she had kids, she didn't want to push it on us. So, you know, we did every once in a while major holidays. And that's about it. My father or stepfather was greatest generation Lutheran, uh, never went to church uh, and actually was bipolar. And that was undiagnosed at that point in time. Uh, and as you could imagine, I had a very loving mother and a bipolar stepfather. And you never knew what you're going to get on any given day. So and it was that's hard on kids. It's hard on families. It's a disease. It's a horrible disease it needs to be treated. But if it's untreated, you, you know, one day it could be all sunshine and the next day it's fire and brimstone. Uh, and that was tough. And I realized at that point in time, I couldn't do this on my own. And that's when I really turned to God. So for our listener out there who, who may not have faith, um, how do you know it's God calling? I can't explain it to, by any other way than there was no real introduction to faith into my life, save for an ember inside of me that said, Pete, you can't do this on your own. And I had a children's Bible, and I was, you know, 12, 13 years old, and I started reading it. And again, the, the skies didn't part, and I suddenly felt better about everything in life, but I came back to it again and again and again, and then I ended up going, uh, at age 14, I went off to boarding school, something I wanted to do. It was good to get out of the house, and I had a learning disability, so I went to a school that specialized in that. And, you know, again, being 14 years old, completely on your own, hundreds of miles away from home, you need someone watching over you. You need something that you can believe in and, and turn to every single day. And for me, that was my faith. So this faith that you found at age 12 and, and grew at age 14, is this something that uh, is, is a Sunday type of thing? Or is this something you take with you to work every day? And, and if you do, what does that look like? Sure, Carl. It is an everyday thing for me. Now, that said, that doesn't mean that my path hasn't been full of peaks and valleys. Um, there were you know, a number of years, and even recently, where I hid from God. I knew I wasn't living life the way I should be. I wasn't following God's plan and God's path. And I didn't want to face him. 
because I knew deep in my heart. And it was really funny um, that uh, during that period of time, nothing went well. Everything I touched died. And I knew. And I knew God knew. And it's, you know, once you realize that and you start living your life the right way, the way God intended, uh, things suddenly got better. No surprise whatsoever. It reminds me of the, the Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh Not story for those those <laughs> those who know their Bible they know what I'm talking about uh, it it got better when he started doing what he was supposed to do right that's exactly it and so you know I uh, I try to have faith uh, as a part of my life every single day uh, especially in business now if you worked with me I maybe people would know that oh my gosh you know Pete faith is important to Pete maybe they wouldn't. Um, I try not to be overt in it, meaning clunking people over the head, but it's rather in, you know, the best business book that I've ever read, it's called the Bible. <laughs> you can find every single business, personal, political situation under the sun in there, and it's, and it's the best guidance I've ever had. Yeah, I was, you know, I started reading the Bible when I was in graduate school studying business. And it was interesting because there were principles in the Bible that I had to try to figure out how they fit into the business world. Like, he who wishes to be first must be last and servant of all. And uh, it, was, it was an interesting puzzle to, to put together back when I was learning all of that. I could, I, look, I could, I could only imagine. You know, there was a, uh, uh, a boss that my wife had um, throughout her career and who was very influential to her and also to me. He found when his mother passed her, her devotional. And she had a quote that, um, you know, just means a lot to, to me as a person. And it, and it said, pray every day as if your life is in God's hands and work every day as if it's in your own. And I think that's just a wonderful way. Look, we all know it's in God's hands. But you know what? Just like he didn't, you know, Jesus didn't want to wash an entire body, just the feet. You got to do your own work on your own, too. So now you've also... Um had a little foray into the political world as well. Tell us about that. Oh, I, like it, I had an absolute blast in uh, 2013. I came in number two for number two uh, in the Commonwealth of Virginia. I ran for lieutenant governor of Virginia uh, in the Republican. It wasn't a primary. It was a convention. Every once in a while, they switch the process on which they pick the Republican nomination. And I was in a crowded field of seven. And in that crowded field of, of seven, there were state senators and big county executives. And, you know, everyone was uh, either had run, had been in office before or who had run for office before. So I was the lone outsider. And we went from zero to, you know, uh, within a whisker of, of winning the whole thing. And, um, you know, like business, you know, it's like it, it, in politics, it's like opening up a restaurant, Right you know that there's a really good chance that it will fail. But you do it because you think you have an idea and you think you can contribute and add value uh, and that there is a path to win. And that's really what I thought. I, I, I didn't have uh, you know, blinders on in the fact that I knew there was a good chance that I could lose. Um, but I thought we had the right path to win and we nearly pulled it off. Uh, and I loved every second of it. And will we see you back? We'll, look, we'll, we'll see. Uh, you know, this... Uh, uh, it may sound cliche, but you know, that's in God's plan. And that's actually something that I'm, I'm glad you, you brought up, Carl, because, you know, it was uh, having a, you know, a pretty good run as an entrepreneur. And because I believed and because I worked hard and, and even, you know, as much had a terrific team around me, 
things just kind of always worked out, right? And this one didn't. And I knew, as I said before, there was a good chance we'd lose, but still stung when I did. And, you know, God helped me cope with defeat. And what do you do? And, and wait a minute, everything else worked out and this one didn't. And so, you know, I struggled with that journey for a little bit. And um, it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. So one last question. Do you think God has a sense of humor, Pete? And if he does, have you experienced it? Well, Carl, I absolutely believe he has a sense of humor. I mean, we were all made in God's image. So we have senses of humor. So, so therefore, I, I'm, I'm certain God does. And you know, if in the Bible, in you know, Proverbs, it's littered uh, with uh, humorous different sayings, one of which, you know, um, if you praise your neighbor loudly in the morning, that might be treated with scorn. <laughs> that is funny, isn't it? So, but, um, you know, I see, I see God's uh, active, you know, sense of humor in my life all the time. And again, goes back to when I haven't been walking his path, he lets you feel it. And he's, he's laughing and basically say, hey, look, buddy, I get it. Come on, come on back. Let's, let's get things right. Pete, I've been there. I want to thank Pete Snyder, CEO of Disruptor Capital, for joining us on Faith at Work. Please subscribe to our podcast. It's Faith at Sign Work on all major podcasting platforms and follow us on Facebook at Faith at Work Radio. Thank you. You have been listening to Faith at Work with Carl Grant, brought to you by airaccountant.io.